Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello there, previously on listeners. How are you doing? It's Jamie East here with another uh, hopefully fantastic uh, discussion episode uh, where we sit back and deliberate and, and, and talk about the last episode of Game of Thrones. I mean, we're now up to season eight, episode four. We're less than 24 hours away from the penultimate episode ever of Game of Thrones. And I, I'm not going to lie, that hurts. That hurts. Uh, but episode four gave us lots to talk about. Most of it HBO wanted us to talk about. Obviously, there were a couple, of, a few things in there that HBO would rather have didn't appear, especially uh, in the form of a coffee cup. But as ever, I'm delighted to be joined by Chris Mandel from the I newspaper uh, and also Linda from Westeros.org, the font of all knowledge about the Seven Kingdoms. Don't forget, you can watch every episode of Game of Thrones right from season one, episode one, up to season eight, episode four, with Sky's ultimate on-demand TV. And also, you know what? Thronecast is on straight after in the evening as well from 10pm. And I've heard, I've heard that's pretty good too. Uh, So without further ado, let's get on with it. Let's discuss Game of Thrones, Season 8, Episode 4, The Last of the Stars. We're, we're what four days four days post kind of viewing of the last of the starks uh initial initial reactions to the episode from you please linda well a lot certainly happened and uh what has been particularly interesting is seeing some of the reactions in the week after there were certainly some things happening that uh people weren't too happy with especially when it came to the ending there the audience so, or the people in in the show in the well i would say that uh in this case it was both people in the episode and in the audience yeah. that were uh, not entirely on board with some of the decisions okay uh, what about you chris were your were you your know, kind of i started the week off enjoying it despite the fact that it was quite messy now i'm kind of wringing my hands wondering what's going to happen next yeah i mean i i i really enjoyed it that i mean you know and i'm on the payroll and it's it pains me to say there there were some things in there that i i was fascinated by in the wrong way if that makes sense we'll come on to we'll come on to them in a bit um but let's 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 kind of start off so i mean we the funeral pyre was 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 quite powerful. I had a lot of people commenting on on how Jon Snow's voice took a, a very Ned like uh, kind of timbre uh, uh, during that during that kind of quite rousing speech. 
he, he's, he's pretty much been is set up now, isn't he, as the new Ned? Yes, I would say that there's, there were definite parallels through this episode. Obviously, now he had a decision to make of his own as well regarding the secret that yeah. Ned kept. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed the speech. Uh, I thought that it had a lot of gravitas. Um, I also enjoyed Sansa giving her uh, direwolf pin to Thea and thought that was very moving. That was lovely, actually. And also, I yeah. want one of those. Star- really I want nice one touch. of those pins. They looked amazing. So the opening was pretty strong. Yeah, and and what do you think to it, Chris? It was it was a it was a classic kind of Game of Thrones kind of couple of minutes, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I it, think after the after the frenetic kind of battles of the of the week before, is a reminder that actually there's another side to Game of Thrones. Yes, and actually, sometimes after these big episodes, sometimes Thrones, whether it's between episodes or season to season, they are sometimes uh, incapable of carrying that energy over into the next episode. But I thought it was really, really well done. It just flowed perfectly from that. incredible battle in episode three and it was so moving you know danny saying goodbye to jorah um linda mentioned the direwolf pin it really really good really good at like establishing um and picking up some of the emotional beats from from all the action in the episode prior they they certainly moved swiftly along and and kind of g'd themselves up enough to have a, a well let's a big big old celebration actually you know uh, in memory of those that have fallen but also also the celebration that the the the, the great war had been won as 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 Daenerys pointed out uh, wh- what do we make of this kind of and look should we get coffee cup gate out of the way <laughs> I guess I can I'd, actually I'd, I'd forgotten about it up until that moment I mean. Pretty unexcusable. I, I was trying to work out exactly how many people that must have gone through before making it onto uh, HBO and Sky Atlantic. And I, I'm counting. I've had a couple of conversations with a few people. I'm counting easily upwards of a hundred people. Must must have must have examined that scene as in signed it off. Yeah, I. I mean, I have to admit, I don't know if it's because I watched it in the middle of the night, but I completely missed it. I did as well. I didn't see it at all. But I, I think. I think actually what's really interesting, like if there's a coffee cup in it, I'm like, look, you guys are doing this in a bit of a hurry. It's like the 11th hour. Like, I don't really care about it. The reaction to it where they sort of deleted it from any footage within about six hours, I thought was crazy. It's like, actually, I know it's a bit embarrassing, but like, come on. Like, it's... Yeah, I mean, from, I mean, they were going to have to take it out at, at some point, I think. And actually, thinking about the kind of logistics of what, what they do, they they usually have the box set kind of ready to be sold the day after the final app, don't they? It's usually kind yeah. of it's, no, it's usually like six months after. Oh, is it? Is it that? Is it that? Yeah. Oh, okay, fine. It's usually, like an autumn release. But but I would imagine that there are some logistical issues with in terms of yeah. home ends and kind of uh, and and that kind of thing. Yeah. But so they would have had to have got it out anyway. And and I I suspect, and it's not something we didn't really mention last week. I suspect that they also went back and lightened uh, episode three because I watched it in the evening and it was it was remarkably different. Oh, it was re- it was remarkably different to the first oh, one. See. Just, oh, just that's interesting. So I do you know and I guess that's the luxury of of, of digital um, broadcasting now is that you do have the luxury to kind of tweak and tweak and retweak and it's all just there on a server somewhere and not people. Mm. I mean, we thought actually they did it very well with the coffee cup first because I mean they sent out a press release saying that uh, uh, Daenerys had in fact ordered 
herbal tea. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, it, th- that was a nice. There was only you know, they, they only had one way to go with that. They just had to get it out of the way and and and, and admit admit that. I have they, to say though, I, what I find weird is that at first they did that press release like they were in on the joke, and then they were like, "We've yeah. got rid of the coffee cup." It's like you can do one or the other, but doing both is like. I think a there were two weird. different departments there that had different <laughs> yeah. opinions. Yes, yeah, yeah, so I would I imagine. So. Yeah, I would not like to have been privy to many of those phone calls that took place. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, like, thank goodness uh, we didn't. Now, anyway, so. What do we think generally to to the um, to the celebration scene? I've got mixed emotions about it. I've got mixed thoughts. I have to say, uh, uh, Chris, Linda, you go you wanna, first. You, I'll go first. Okay, fine. I I thought it was a bit pointless. So I thought first of all the party looked rubbish, um, and clearly there's no party. The party planner obviously got killed in the fight because I thought <laughs> God, the mood was so low. Um, I, you know. It, it just didn't really do anything for me. I just, I kind of wanted to just crack on with like the, the sort of urgency. Um, but, you know, they obviously need to do a bit of levity and we got to see characters ricocheting off each other that we haven't yeah. for a while. I was trying to figure out if Tyrion and Brienne had talked before because I couldn't think if they had. Uh, um, I can't recall it, no. No, so for, for, for him to immediately be like, are you a virgin? I was like, <laughs> guys, can you, you, are, you, I thought you were a gentleman. Yeah, but like, Chris, he drinks and he knows things. I mean, that's his, that's <laughs> yeah. his. And why ask, right? So I enjoyed it, but I thought like some of it, I just thought, wow, this is just freewheeling a little bit. But, you know, I think I loved Gendry so, getting um, his new job title, his yes. new land. Yeah, well. I really enjoyed that. I think, I mean, for me, the whole scene was or the whole kind of sequence was done in order to set up two or three events but uh, uh, linda what did you think to it yeah it was clearly playing on daenerys seeing how popular john was uh sans and daenerys still not really liking each other yeah. uh the genry set up as well so it, it was some of the extra drinking um seemed a bit pointless i you know the the, the sansa hound interaction was a little weird yeah it was like the writers suddenly remembered yeah in the books these two characters have a thing and what do you say a thing so in the books what not a relationship but just a a kind of a connection well i mean he kisses her or sansa remembers that he kissed her in the first book oh blimey right okay Uh, and he has an obsession with her which it seems clear that hbo decided that was not something they wanted on screen. Yeah, I would not like to have seen Rory, Rory, and uh, and and Sophie pairing off. That would have been that would have been some hentai kind of shit. I mean, going it, down. It, it, <laughs> what, what George is doing with it is basically playing with a whole. I mean, her the naive Sansa kind of falls in love with you know with the, the chivalry and yeah. the the perfect knight of, of Loras, for example, and then but the one who turns out to be sort of her rescuer on a couple of occasions is the disfigured is yeah the, the brute that, you know, she can't even look at he brings that up so it's really weird how they play that scene yeah um I'm, and having her i'm bothered i mean i've seen a lot of comments about the whole thing you know she uh you know they shouldn't have used her you know treatment from from ramsay as a you know her saying that now she's a strong person because of of that i, I, I don't think it's a problem with the character well, having the misconception i, I mean I, i'm not best placed to kind of comment on stuff like that being basically a man but 
I would I would argue in in Game of Thrones' defense that there are plenty of um and it's not you know just because there are other things that do the same doesn't make them right but I didn't hear anyone complaining for instance about I don't know Charlize Theron in Monster or uh, Jodie Foster in The Accused or any of these kind of films where it's this it's this it's the same plot device where a woman is is brutally treated yeah. and then becomes stronger as a, as a result of as a result not well I, I think the problem is the framing here I, I i fully agree that you know sansa has every right to put it that way you know i would have still been a little bird i would still have been you know naive and a pawn yeah. basically the problem i think is that the framing when she says that you know she dealt with ramsay you know set the hounds on him it becomes a little too much of one of those Oh yeah, badass moments. Yeah. Because what a fact, I mean, Sansa is damaged by it. Yeah. And they are presenting it as a wholly positive from the outside. Yeah. Okay, that, Whereas, yeah. yeah. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. And so back back to the kind of uh yeah. scene as a, the kind of scene as a whole. So uh Gendry being uh kind of um made whole, <laughs> uh so <laughs> to speak, uh, I thought was a lovely moment and it was uh smart move. Smart move again. So, you know, she does now have an ally who's who's got who's got Storm's end. Um I mean I guess what came first? I think it was it was it was Gendry then going off to propose to Arya, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was really sweet. They they're kind of like they're they're just they're both so young, you know what I mean. And it was it was really sweet. I thought I thought Arya was 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 slightly a bit of a caricature of herself in that scene, but I enjoyed her what it what it meant for her. And what we found out later on was that she's just that's it. She's done. She's out of there. She she doesn't never plans on going back. Whether or not we think she's going to her death or not is I guess that was why it was left kind of slightly ambiguous. I was going to say I, I liked that that they sort of reminded us that she doesn't want to be a lady and sitting in a castle sewing. But I think if anyone, you know, when they reunited, everyone was saying, oh, it's Robert's uh, son and Ned's daughter and this new generation. I think if anyone could have subverted what a lady looked like, it could have been Arya. Well, you, there's t- um, the thing, and, and you're right. And I think, I, I don't know if anyone else feels this, but I get all the way on, uh, you know, social and people going crazy about kind of uh, decisions that Daniel and David have made uh, about the show and about the narrative and what characters are up to. I'm kind of, I'm getting a bit cross because it's kind of, like, there are still two episodes left. We don't know what the reasoning behind certain decisions are yet. I mean, it may, we may well get to the end of, uh, you know, the 21st of May, we'll sit down and go, wow, that was a, there were a lot of mistakes there, a lot of loose ends, but I'm kind of reserving judgment on stuff like that until kind of, until it's all done. We don't know what, what he's got in plan. Yeah. You know? I would have loved her to have been like, you know, I got to sort something out first and then we can see them reuniting at the end. Like I kind of yeah. said in an earlier uh, episode of this podcast that I didn't like the sort of, Disneyfication of pairing everyone off and yet i think aria and gendry was so earned that actually i was really disappointed that she didn't go look I'll, <laughs> i will take an it engagement works, ring it and works. i'll be back yeah it, it worked and yeah what i wanted to mention also is i was re-watching the episodes in season three where he says he's going to stay with the brotherhood and she's the one that's like i can be your family like i can be the only family you've had, right? Right. It's a really, it's season three. It's when they're both kind of in the Riverlands and it's not in the book. It's not in the book as well. And what I think is really worth mentioning is this was original. This was written for the show and it is so good, that dialogue. 
And okay. Macy Williams kills it. I was really hoping that for that to just come a little bit more full circle. But as you say, we have two more episodes. Like she could come back to Storm's End covered in blood and pick him up and walk off in the sunset with him, I would be 100% here for that. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll all be on board for that. <laughs> yeah. There was, however, a slightly more successful coupling, or unsuccessful, depending on uh, your point of view. The very strange uh, uh, kind of, like a sequence of events that leads Jamie and Brent to all of a sudden become a couple very quickly, and I was, I was not prepared for that. Uh, Linda, what did you think? Well, I, I was prepared in the sense that the uh, the preparations for it have been more obvious yeah. in the book. I still wasn't sure whether whether or not she was going to go Tormund or Jamie. You know, oh no! Well, she seemed uh, to very much disapprove of Tormund, despite the fact that I thought that he had one of the better lines of the episode. Yeah, but Linda, we've all been his... to one of those parties before. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, which one of you cowards shit in my pants? <laughs> Well, I haven't been to one of those uh, parties, actually. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, uh, I I wasn't surprised. It, it was one of those things. I was waiting, like, when are they? When are they doing it? Yeah. Uh, what did you think to uh, it? Was it? I, I I felt I felt kind of like I was a bit like, oh my goodness gracious, uh, wow. Uh, I I I didn't feel particularly emotional about it. No, I I think that it could have, in the context, uh, been set up better, and. There was something about the delivery, like Jamie saying, I've never slept with a knight before. It was sort of, it kind of fell half, not quite on the right balance between yeah. trying to make a joke and... Um, so it was. Yeah, you're right. Actually, they should. They should have. They should have been tears in their eyes, or they should have just kind of fumbled and made a joke about the whole thing. Do you know what I mean? It, it, was, yeah. a, it was a weird kind of uh, a gray area. They didn't quite know where to put it sort of on the scale. Uh, what did you think, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I, I loved that they got it on because, I mean, it, at first it was a bit like watching two of my school teachers snogging. I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is really weird. Yeah. But, you know, it's been building up to this and, and this was the moment after all of that trauma and fighting where it felt like they would just fumble with their... Um, Either of you aware of how fiddly all the clothes are to take off in Westeros? There's all these kind of strings and, and knots and things. Yeah. Um, I'd like to... Um, all that magic and they haven't got Velcro. <laughs> Get Melisandre back. Um, I, I, thought it was, I, I thought it was nice, but the dialogue when uh, Linda just said, that, I've never been with a knight before, and then Brienne goes, I've never been with anyone before. It's it was a like, bit James oh, Bond, wasn't it? Christ, yeah. I thought, who wrote this? Yeah. Um, and then I saw that it was uh, Benioff from Weiss. So I... Um, but, you know, I... I there was a lot in that episode between those two generally. Like it went, it was like six episodes worth of plot in that one episode. Yeah, and I yeah, get yeah. that that's, a, you know, a, a sort of um, victim of the show's speed at the moment. But, yeah, sure. you know, it's, I'm, I'm all for, even if I don't like the progress that the show makes, I'm all for some progress. Terrifying what it, it still does nothing to, to, to halt my, my confirmation that basically what, what this series is doing is, is completing everybody's circle. And, mm. and Brienne in particular, over the past kind of two or three episodes, her circle has gone from being about 20% done to all the way done. You know, we arrived at season eight where the only thing she'd really accomplished was to was to honour Catelyn Stark and, and Rob Stark and, and protect Sansa and Arya. Um, Sansa and Arya, rather. Uh, and uh, and then within within three episodes, she's been knighted and got laid. Uh, it doesn't look good for her now. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask, actually, because um, I haven't rewatched this episode. Am I right in thinking that she is 
staying up north well this is again again uh, that's my impression so let's discuss that so we'll kind of jump around a little bit but obviously a bit bit later on the episode jamie there's a really weirdly ambiguous uh bit where jamie basically legs it down to king's landing we don't i couldn't really work out from the dialogue or the script whether whether he was going because he's realized that he's he's a dreadful man kind of through and through and needs to be with cersei or whether he realize that he's a hateful man and is going down to kind of right the wrongs um but then there was just the, yeah this kind of all of a sudden i felt really sorry for for brienne there and gwendolyn did a great job in that scene but but for her to kind of be stood there in a kind of like dressing gown crying as, as jamie legged it just i was like I, I i just didn't see brienne being like that really yes it was um again this felt very much like one of those where they had to move something quickly because i mean there is there's always been a lot of speculation about the fact that you know jamie and cersei going to be together at the end so it felt like these two pieces of the plot were difficult for them to uh, uh, reconcile yeah the fact that you had brienne and they were up in winterfell and because i do think it's clear that she is going to uh stay but Sansa, she's still, you know, she's holding to that her role. Of, yeah, yeah, of protecting Sansa, so she can't leave. She, she that sort of uh, goes against her her vows and everything. Yeah, okay, that's true. Where, yeah. Whereas Jamie, um, as you said, it's not clear is he going because he's going to try and fix something, or is it just that when you know they tell him that you know this you know the city is done for. Yeah. And that he feels like he has to be with Cersei. It's 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 unclear. Yeah, it is. And we know that the series is hurtling towards an end, and they've got so much to do. And it, you know, nine impossible for it to make complete logical sense. But we've got to discuss the bronze scene. Let's let's get that out of the way now, because I mean, you know, I love Game of Thrones like a child. It's you know, it's it's been so good to me. But my God. That was one of the worst scenes out of the entire whole eight seasons. Yeah, there, there's just the logistics of it. Yeah, how did he get there? Why did he only stay okay, for 10 I mean, minutes? Everyone's drunk, but he gets there and he gets there with a crossbow. Yeah. <laughs> and he, how many rooms did he walk into before he found the Lannis? But it's also, is, isn't it supposed to be about three weeks kind of horse ride from King's Landing to, to Winterfell? It's, well, it varies because isn't it, this episode as well, where they say that it's going to be a fourth night for John to take the army down. Right. So it's okay. Shortening all the time. We've had a whole series where where Arya has been kind of like on a horse going between the two. It's yep. It's, and Brienne as well. She spent about three seasons just having a walk around the countryside yeah. looking for them. Um, so, so things like that. But I just I found it a particularly jarring scene in terms of how Bronn and uh, Tyrion interacted. It just didn't make any sense to me. They, 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 there was none of that camaraderie, uh, none of that kind of buddy movie kind of thing that we'd had for, for the past six, seven years. Do you know what I mean, Ooh. Chris? Uh, yeah, and I just, you know, I, I've kind of got to the point because there were leaps in logic about the sort of traveling for a, a couple of seasons prior to this. So I'm not as bothered about that. I mean, it, for me, it, it just felt like, I don't quite know why it was there other than Bronn uh, was contracted to be in a certain number of episodes and they had to crowbar him in because 
it just didn't feel earned. It, they need another villain, clearly. And yeah. they need a villain that, unlike Cersei, who is not on the battlefield, and unlike Euron, who is mainly fights uh, on the water, they need someone that can be in the, the inevitable fight that there's some sort of stakes in. So it just frustrated me. You know, they first of all giving him River Run and then going, what about Highgarden? And he's like, yeah, okay, fine, I'll walk away. I'll walk back out this heavily manned castle with my... With my Lannister-branded crossbow. Well, exactly. He could have, you know, Tyrion could have just clicked his fingers. Bronn would have been dead. It's just, it yeah. doesn't, does not make any sense. I but- mean, I, you know, I, I kind of like that there was a bit of a scuffle and he like, you know, kind of broke Tyrion's nose. And it was kind of, you know, but we we knew watching that, that Jaime and Tyrion weren't going to get killed. So yeah. you kind of go, what is this supposed to be doing? Like, what is it supposed to be escalating for us when we're watching it? No, I really feel like it's a lot about Bronn has been a popular figure and they have wanted to keep him in the plot somehow, even when he doesn't have an obvious point. No, he's no, it doesn't really serve any purpose to anyone anymore. No. So yeah. Okay, fine. I mean, obviously the escalations that we're talking about uh, are kind of concerning characters that we haven't really touched upon uh, much yet. Let's talk about John and Daenerys' relationship, which was, I thought, really good. That was, the, I mean, we're talking about some, some. this is really good stuff. The scene between uh, Daenerys begging John to kind of keep it a secret was, was, was insane. Was, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. What did you th- and she was right. You know, tell anyone and, you know, it's going to spread. Well, and she was right. But, but also, what a death. I mean, she was clearly just, it's like, oh, please don't tell anyone because I really want to be queen. It was, I couldn't, you know what I mean? It was kind of mm. like, well, you know, she admitted to John, you know, he's got more right to it. He, you know, people love him. And it's like, you know, all well, all, all she was doing was, was giving John ideas and then saying, please don't tell anyone because I really love you. Do you know what I mean, Chris? But yeah. he doesn't want it. Yeah. Well, it was, he didn't seem, I think he's warming to the idea. I think he's warming to it in the same way that Ned bore the brunt of having a bastard if it meant protecting John. I think John is now kind of going, well, I will be king if it stops her going crazy and, and ruling and, and people suffering at her hands. Like, yeah. I think that might be where it goes. I thought I loved how messy it was. And even now I'm sort of going, well, was he right to tell Sansa? And maybe he did that on purpose because he knew she told... You know, there is a lot at stake here and it's messy and it's unclear where we're supposed to be aligning because yeah. i actually look you know thinking back to it, i actually feel really sorry for daenerys uh partly it's because of how she's been written in that episode where you know everyone's going oh yeah john sat on a dragon like he's brilliant i mean tormund was on a dragon last season when she flew in and saved them all and he's yeah. going yeah that john on that dragon just brilliant thought, no wonder <laughs> she's gonna go ballistic so yeah I think, no that is true I, you know i kind of um, parts of me i'm going daenerys like we've been conditioned as audi- as an audience to go daenerys is gonna be great at this people believe in her she's got an army um so it's a, a shame to sort of feel like there's a, a, someone's finger hovering around an ejector seat and it kind of going wait no 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 she's not going to be perfect um but you know I, I i can't really see where that goes unless it's unless it's just neither of them ending up on the throne that's the sort of only thing for me I, yeah it's really really interesting what do you think linda i feel like there is a little bit of a heavy-handedness in selling again because of the short time that they have to work with in selling that Daenerys has 
too much of a belief in sort of it is my right and no matter what i'm going to have the iron throne and they could have done more i think to make her unreason in that case if that's what they want to do they should have picked some better points to make her unreasonable about yeah for example if we have when we have the war council um Sansa asking for the men to rest is not unreasonable, but on the other hand, nor is pressing on because you don't know if Cersei is going to come up with more allies. Yeah. How sure is this new Prince of Dorne to stay on their side? Yeah, I like to, let's talk about that. What yeah. what what the hell? You can't just you can't just say yeah. you can't just mention there's a new Prince of Dorne and not even name him. Which yeah. is are we? I mean, am I the only one that suspects that that's Dario? Oh, I didn't think that. I just thought that the sh- they have like a, a a a whiteboard in their office that's like dawn, and they kind of thought, "Oh <laughs> shit, we should probably mention it." I imagine, uh, yeah. I imagine Yara's going to bring a Dornish army and a, a, a Greyjoy army over at some point, and that's going to be the way that we kind of go forward. Maybe I've got too much faith in them, but I, I, everyone's like going, oh, how rude not to even name the Prince of Dawn. I was like, you don't just not name the Prince of Dawn for good reason. I suspect that there's a reveal. Right. It's got to be Dario. Because Dario is, well, he's, he's obviously not been mentioned once, but was really important to Daenerys and she did ask him to stay. Yeah, that's interesting. I would, I would, I would have rather watched the spin-off where Dario goes to Dawn and conquers it like he arrives there just as uh the sand snakes like kill everyone and he goes yeah i think i'm just gonna rule now um but i, I what i thought was interesting though is that they go there's a new prince of dawn but they didn't name it because as someone who's read yeah. the books i'm kind of like oh well, which vassal house will take over now and like that for me is quite exciting so i thought that was really rude that they just because certainly they didn't leave any martels left right, no. yeah but there was one other oddity there when they're sta- standing there and plotting and talking about, you know, we need to get rid of Cersei. Next to Sansa stands Arya, the super assassin, the hero of Winterfell, yeah. who just managed to basically assassinate the Night King. And no one's asking and her what to do. we see the end of the episode that she's going down to King's Landing for unfinished business. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she should have mentioned her plans. I do, um, I do think that, I, I, you know, I would love to have seen what a season looks like where... Arya's allowed to reflect on the fact that she did that and that characters can actually sort of talk about it. And I still feel, I think I mentioned this last week, like has Arya and Daenerys, have they had a conversation yet? Because it feels weird that they haven't or that... No, I don't think they have. I don't think so. You know, and and so it's it's very interesting. And, and, you know, I know that we've the show can't do anything about the fact it's only got less episodes this season, but where it's... Well, they could have just made more, but then that's a different conversation. Well, did you did you... Uh, that that interview that the Benioff and Weiss did with Entertainment Weekly has kind of reared its head this week, where they said HBO wanted a full season and they wanted more episodes, and we uh, said no. And I thought, wow, yeah. that's. I mean, George wanted up to twelve seasons. Yeah, yeah. I, it's in- really interesting. And once we finished the season and we finished the show, it'll be even more interesting to look at like maybe where a, a fuller season could have taken some of the characters. So post kind of war meeting. Uh, let's talk about the Euron sabotage. I have to say, I did not see that coming. I was, I forgot about him very briefly. Well, according to uh, David Benioff, so did Daenerys. (laughs) If you've seen that clip that's gone a little viral, she kind of forgot about Euron and the Iron Fleet. I find that a stretch. (laughs) Yeah. What, that that she just forgot that he existed? 
apparently that that's Benioff's explanation in the inside the episode for how she wasn't paying attention around Dragonstone. She forgot <laughs> about the Irish fleet, but they didn't forget about her. That's a bit lame. It's bad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, it had to happen. You know, I've been kind of talking about it. You know, you can't... It was never going to be an equal fight with two dragons. Uh, it's not no. It's not looking good for Drogon either, let's be honest. Um, they got it out of the way quite quickly, given the given the emotional impact that, that, that Viserion's death uh, had uh, in a couple of seasons ago. Uh, there you go. Dragon dead. Thank you very much. Uh, quick, let's get on with it. It's, it's, it's getting so condensed, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. Question... How did they get Missandei? Oh my gosh, I know, I know. I thought that was crazy. What I would say though, and, and I know it's it's very you know, rightly so that we're kind of bashing some of these things, but what I liked about the episode looking back on it is that the beginning, middle and end, Daenerys lost someone important to her. It started with Jorah being yeah. burnt alive, uh, the the dragon, the, uh, the misunderstood middle dragon, which I always forget, the name yeah. of he he died Rhaegal and uh, <laughs> Missandei at the end and I thought you know in terms of whether the show is unhinging Daenerys I thought actually that's going to be that's been quite effective um, uh, but yeah it, it's crazy how it's just whipping through this and and yeah now Cersei has about sixty five crossbows just <laughs> mounted and ready to go yeah. I mean it's well let's 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 move on to that scene you know the the kind of uh, the, the the hoedown showdown uh, down at um, King's Landing um, again tactically let's not discuss the logistics of where Cersei could have just basically wiped them all out uh, in about 10 seconds flat um, with all of those crossbows that you mentioned Chris Uh, (laughs) or how she moved King's Landing to the middle of the desert this was clearly a scene set up to to show us the madness of of Queen Daenerys now and 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 full credit to Amelia Clark in this uh, scene she played an absolute blinder Uh, the final seconds of her walking back uh, back towards her, her army and her face just physically changing from despair to fury was, was, was brilliant. No, it was, uh, she, she was definitely selling the emotion there. And uh, I think that the problem is a little bit that they want to you know, start talking about, you said, you know, mad Queen Daenerys, but at this point she has every right to be mad yeah. as in darn furious what about you chris i mean yeah. did- i liked it i i mean it's it's just it's it makes me feel like i thought next episode was going to be like a sort of um you know a proper army fight i think next is this is daenerys is going to go berserk i think it's going to be like and and, and uh, fire and blood yeah fire and blood and i think yeah. you know what i'm interested in is i love the way you know i'm not like a cinematographer but i love the way it framed her you know, turning away, walking away. And there's been a lot of things in the episode. Someone pointed out to me in the dining hall scenes, often the candlelight was in her eyes, almost like this fire is coming back to the surface. It's really, really fascinating to watch, as I said, with the deaths and the defiance, it's just getting to the point. I think, I think it's going to be a really interesting episode. And I, I, 
you know, there have been some interesting um, articles and there have been interesting voices online about Missande and the, the wasted potential. I think I'm right in saying she didn't, apart from the iconic Dracarys, I don't think she actually said anything in that episode, which is such a shame. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, in another dimension, I'd love to have seen what the show would have done with her more, um, apart from just be the subject of racial slurs in the North. But uh, Yeah, she's not had a great season. No, eight, but, but uh, what I think but... is what it speaks to, though, is the show realises that characters that can't fight are actually very little use in the oncoming war. And yeah. it's obvious, you know, even someone such as Varys, I mean, it's like, what are you going to do with him for the rest of the episode? A lot of people like Sam and Gilly quite cleverly got the hell out of there to their uh yeah oh yeah we didn't even talk about um, uh, gilly's up the stick well yeah, done sam you know, sam, well who's, done. Yeah. sam who's got a good track record killing people he's suddenly going do you know what we're about to hit the third trimester and we've inherited a castle and we are getting out of here and i thought that I, was I, yeah really fair funny as well. and um so I, it's just interesting i think the show doesn't know where Missandei can fit into, you know, Danny's yeah. on the battlefield, like whatever. If you can't just sit on the boat, just waiting. So no, exactly. it's partly a, 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 an efficient thing, uh, you know, a sort of we need to clear the deck a bit, but a great moment, a really good moment. I thought the Dracarys line was incredible. I sort of said on Twitter, I would have loved that to have been the episode title because you would spend the entire episode waiting for someone to burn something, but it's no, kind of yeah. not about that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. To borrow yeah. the Take That uh, song, it's about relighting uh, her fire and <laughs> just you know going for it so maybe yeah maybe it was yeah maybe it was igniting the fire in Daenerys that was that was the that was the first yeah. yeah I mean it's an interesting choice as well in the sense that uh you know Miss Andy is from a very peaceful folk yes she mentions I, that in the previous that's true episode oh, that, nice yes uh, and for her and to her last words basically be encouraging Daenerys to burn them all that is a great point actually uh now I'm going to kind of differ the the episode slightly because i don't want to spend too long talking about uh episode five because i don't i don't want to spoil it in my own mind and i don't really want to think about it too much <laughs> i'm going to play the trailer now just kind of knee-jerk reactions from that trailer it doesn't i mean it gives so little away what are, what are your expectations linda it's going to be a bloody episode uh, i mean something is uh that it's coming to a head from uh, nothing's good come is going to come for uh for year and that's for sure the him looking up at the sky there is very ominous yeah absolutely uh, deaths who do you think is going linda <sighs> i think Euron might yeah I think he's not there for much longer. Uh, I don't know if... It kind of depends on how much they're, they're leaving for the last episode, if it's more of an epilogue or if this is the big one. Because if this is the big one in terms of wiping the slate clean yeah. and then having... If this is a classic then, you know, penultimate. You could see Cersei as well and, Cer and then Jamie. Yeah, this could, be the, this could be a classic Game of Thrones penultimate episode, couldn't it? Yes. Uh, what do you think, Chris? What are, what are your expectations? I, I think this is going to be it. This is going to be... 
Cersei dead, Jamie dead, Grey Worm dead. I think this is going to be like the ultimate penultimate, basically. Wow. Um, I just, I don't know what, I mean, I don't, I think I said it, like, I don't see this being like a big siege or a big sort of armies, because the show's not given us any reason to invest in this Harry Strickland or the army. So I actually think this is a complete uh, bait and switch. I think it's just going to be carnage. Um like a sort of Mad Max meets um, yeah, oh. kind of war, like war films, you know, and oh. it's just going to be like crazy. Um, God, that sounds what, amazing. Yeah, I just, I just think it's... Game of Thrones doing Mad Max. <laughs> Christ, you know yes, I mean? please. Like, everyone just screaming, like killing random people. Bloodthirsty. What, I would, yeah. what I'd like to say, though, is what is Jamie's role in this? You know, because he went up north, he betrayed Cersei to fight for the living, where does he fit into this? I now yeah. I, I'm really intrigued. I could see people thinking he's on John's side and him not be. I could see yeah. him killing a couple of people. Uh, don't know. It just sort of me neither. Me neither. I tell you what. There's only one thing we can do is just kind of wait 24 hours and just watch the blooming thing. I can't wait to speak to you guys next week. I think we're in for an absolute treat. Uh, Chris and Linda. Thank you so much. Is that okay to come back next week? Absolutely. <laughs> Wonderful. Absolutely. Can't Brilliant wait. stuff. Oh, dear. Hold me. All it's right. it's going to be grim. See you guys. Right, see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Love that. Thank you so much for talking to me again, Chris and Linda. I appreciate you giving up your time and also you, the listeners. Uh, when I started doing previously on, I thought, you know what, there'll be a big build-up in the weeks leading up to the launch of Season 8 and then it would die down. I couldn't have been more wrong. Uh, more and more people are finding previously on every single day uh, and enjoying the recaps and hopefully enjoying these discussion episodes too. Obviously, we haven't got much longer to go with Game of Thrones, which is why I need your help. What's your favourite box set? Aside from Thrones, obviously. But once that's gone... I'm looking around. I want to do another one. We're excited. I, 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 previously on, cannot end when Game of Thrones ends. Are you a Walking Dead fan? What about Fear of the Walking Dead? What about things like Mad Men or Lost? What's floating your boat at the moment? What would you like me to tackle next? Get in touch with me and let me know. Hello at previouslyon.co.uk. Would love to hear from you. Or you can just tweet me at Jamie East. I'm there pretty much 23 hours of the day. But if you've enjoyed this discussion episode and you know someone that would enjoy it too, so that you can get up to speed and have a chat and have an argument about it too, send it to them, share it with them. It's on Spotify, it's on Acast, it's on Apple, it's on all of the usual places. We'd love you to do that. Also, if you get the chance, just give it a quick five stars and maybe a little couple of words just saying, love this podcast or something like that. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Anyway, I'm going to go prep myself for episode five. Previously on is presented by me, Jamie East, and is a Daft Doris production. See you next week. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.